I'd love to interview pickleball players with different athletic backgrounds. Kim Jade, who played professional beach volleyball and was a college coach at UCLA in the sport, has come into the pickleball world and done really well as a senior pro. What I find very interesting about the interview is she talks about some of the things that happened at the beginning of pro beach volleyball and the parallels between pickleball. But we also do talk about a great instructional aspect of the game, which is video analysis. So let's get to the intro to hear from Kim. Welcome to the Pickleball Fire podcast, where it's all about pickleball. Today, I'd like to welcome to the Pickleball Fire podcast, Kim Jade. How are you doing today, Kim? Very well, Lynn. Thank you. You have got such an interesting sports background, and there is so much I want to get to, but I do like to start off with having you tell me a little bit about your pickleball journey, how you got started, how long ago that was. So go ahead. Well, I come from a a very vast sports background. I played multitude of sports since I was very little. One of them included tennis. I was trained at the Jack Kramer Club in uh, Rancho Palos Verdes, where Tracy Austin was trained and pickleball's favorite, Cammy McGregor. And around 12 or 13, I kind of decided that tennis was really not the sport for me. I was very hard on myself and I seemed to perform and be a better human being on a team sport in a team sport environment. And so I picked up a lot of other sports, including softball, basketball, volleyball, soccer, you name it. But my pickleball really came from after being retired as a volleyball coach at UCLA and living at a country club here in the Coachella Valley in Palm Desert, I saw pickleball being played on a paddle tennis court at my country club. And it was, you know, four septuagenarians playing the game. And I thought, well, that looks quaint and cute. Didn't think it was for me then. I was actively learning how to be a golfer. Then I was taking a hike in the Coachella Valley Mountains here. And there was a place there called Kuia Park that had pickleball quartet. And I heard that common thunk, thunk, thwack, thwack. And so we hiked over there and I wanted to see what was being played. And sure enough, it was younger people playing pickleball. And I thought, Ooh, I got to give this a try now. But the third time's a charm story is really the Palm Desert Senior Games, which is the second largest senior games in the United States after the Huntsman Games. And I saw the likes of OG Julie Haney playing the game in a highly competitive fashion where they were competing, smacking the ball at each other. And I thought, oh my gosh, I want to play this game. It was highly skilled. It was competitive. It it looked like just oodles of fun. So I knew I had to get involved then. And I was very fortunate at the same time, Morgan Evans was just discovering the sport also here in Palm Desert. And so He and I kind of got to figure the game out together. We got to partner because I was still under 50 at that point. And we really uh, did a lot of drill creation, learning about different strokes and uh, deception and how to stack. I mean, all kinds of things that we were trying to figure out as we burst onto the scene in, in, in San Diego. So that was that's kind of how it started. And boy, it's been the true addiction that pickleball has become for just about everybody that tries it. Now, I want to go back just a little bit in your sports background, because I have to say on the podcast, I do talk to a lot of people who have a very high level tennis background or just a tennis background in general. But you you might actually be one of the first people I've talked to who actually have 
a volleyball background. And that was one of my loves growing up too, because I grew up in Southern California, played in high school. I didn't play D1. I played D3, but I had a good friend who played D1 from my high school. So tell me, was there anything from your volleyball background or what was it from your volleyball background that was beneficial to pickleball and kind of transition well for you? Well, I played indoor volleyball at UCLA, but afterward I transitioned to the beach, which is much more similar to pickleball because it's a double sport primarily out on the sand. So there's a lot of similarities to beach volleyball to pickleball. One, you only have, you have one partner, you're splitting half the court. There's very similar angles in terms of receiving shots and who covers the middle, who covers the line. Communication, most of the girls on the pro senior pro tour know that I'm an over communicator in terms of pickleball, but that comes from my volleyball background where you have six people on the court. And if you don't communicate, you're running into each other. So I'm one of those ones that calls almost every ball, yours, mine, yours, mine, whatever it is. The footwork's very similar in terms of moving forwards, stopping when somebody, you're, when your opponents are making, making contact, preparation to defend yourself, preparation to counterattack. There's really a lot of similarities in terms of footwork and strategy, actually, to pickleball. Now, do you think that for you that the the volleyball lends itself more to pickleball than your tennis background? Or would you say it's still tennis is kind of lends itself better to pickleball? Well, my tennis background started obviously when I was much younger and it really didn't carry it through after 13. I did hit some with an athletic director and when I was working at UCLA, just purely for a workout. But in terms of its background and its benefit to me as a pickleball player was stroke production. So there's some basic knowledge there of grips, forehands, backhands, two-hand backhands, volleys, half volley skill, that kind of thing. So I think that really does help in terms of having some racket or paddle skills is very beneficial, obviously, to being at the 5-0 or pro level. But again, the volleyball, I have very a lot of friends that that have come from the volleyball world that have blended very nicely into the pickleball world with their volleyball skills. Right. I can definitely see that from definitely playing a lot of volleyball and, and a little bit of tennis on my side. And one of the opportunities too, I think in talking to you today is not only to, to take a little bit more thought about your volleyball experience, because I believe when I listened to your podcast, when you were doing it with Morgan Evans, that there was a couple of years where you actually did play pro beach volleyball. Is that right? Yes, I did. I played three seasons, which was kind of a precursor to the women becoming a part of the AVP. It was called the WPVA. So it was the Women's Professional Volleyball Association. So we had our own tour. We were separate from the men where the AVP now have both the men and the women traveling together in a similar fashion to pickleball. Now, was that in kind of the early days of professional volleyball when you were playing? It was, let's see, it would have been 80, 80, oh boy. 87 to 91, maybe in that range. And so do you see parallels between the pro pickleball tour and the pro volleyball tours? Unfortunately, I see many, Lynn. It's, It's kind of tragic for me to watch pickleball making some of the very similar mistakes that beach volleyball did in its 
early years and continues to make. It's sort of painful to watch it happen, to see the factions develop with different tours. It's fine to have different tours. It's just unfortunate that they're not, you know, being cooperative, if you will, for the betterment of the, the overall sport. So I do see some similarities and I try to caution and try to heed uh, the people that will listen to this crazy retired volleyball coach to, to heed the the mistakes of a sport that's very similar to what volleyball was in the 80s and 90s when they struggled and uh, pro tours went bankrupt. I think they're in their fourth uh, generation of pro tours now. But beach volleyball has been very much held up in high esteem by the Olympics. And that's really been huge for beach volleyball, where I don't know that pickleball necessarily needs the Olympics to help pickleball on its journey. It would be a wonderful place for pickleball to end up at some point. But uh, it's interesting that beach volleyball was really uh, kind of anointed a real sport by it entering the Olympics and Kerry Walsh and Misty May becoming household names. Right. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a while from talking with Pat Murphy from the IFP about getting pickleball into the Olympics, certainly, but that there's they're headed in the right direction. But again, I think that will be a while. Now, in, in terms of you've kind of seen some of the mistakes that pro volleyball tour made in getting started. What are some of the things that pickleball needs to do to really be successful at that level? Well, there's a a lot of items and issues. I think uh, two of the most important ones that I could bring up here is one is kind of a cautionary tale for all the professionals, a senior and open players is to make sure that while we're asking for lots of things for ourselves and for people that are building their livelihoods off of being a professional player, is to also make sure that you give them back to the sport in some way, shape, or form. It's not just asking for things, but also giving to the sport. And I think that's something that can really help. It's not just uh, how they're going to build their brand and how they're putting uh, money in their bank account, but you know how they're actually helping out the growth of the sport nationally and internationally, which I think that's a really important point. The other one is right now we're in kind of an interesting economic situation for pickleball. We're seeing much larger sponsors come to the table. We're in more of an economic boom, I think, primarily because of the growth of the sport of pickleball. And COVID had a lot to do that with that, which is amazing for our sport. That's a real side benefit of COVID for all of us pickleballers, is we're seeing massive growth. But with massive growth can also come speed bumps in the road. And I, I hope with a cautionary voice that we handle the growth properly. And we always keep an eye down the road for what's best for our sport. And there's a term I like to use and I'll hashtag it a lot. It's grow the game. And I just think that we all need to always think about the sport first and then ourselves second with regards to pickleball. That's great advice. And I know we're talking about really a, a very serious topic, but it, it is important to to talk about. But then I'm going to kind of now move a little bit into the uh, the instructional aspect of the podcast. Anytime I have somebody on at your level with your credentials being a senior pro, I want to make sure that we talk about something instructional in nature. And one of the things that I think I had read and we talked a little bit about talking about on the podcast was 
the importance of practice and also doing video analysis. And I know one of my friends, CJ Johnson, is also a big proponent of doing video analysis on your game. Was that something that you started doing from the time you started playing pickleball or did that come into practice for you later on? It actually came on pretty early when you're trying to learn something rapidly and kind of catch up to the world that already has mastered dinking and driving the ball. And it it really did come fairly early. I'd say I'm doing it much less now, which is probably hurting my game. Previous to COVID, I was doing a lot of it with regards to opponents, studying them and their tendencies. And then also say, we'll go backwards a little bit. When Morgan and I were learning, I did a lot of work on video watching myself to see if I was using correct footwork. I know how I could make myself more efficient getting to the kitchen line, stroke analysis, even, especially now I really would like to do some current stroke analysis because I'm trying to develop more of a two-handed backhand, not only from the kitchen line, but from the baseline. It is from my tennis past, but it's not natural to me in pickleball because I correlate pickleball a little bit more to ping pong. So I want to use just one hand. But yeah, I think video analysis is such a huge component of almost every other sport. It hasn't really yet permeated into the pickleball world, but I fully expect it to here in the next half decade. Let's go ahead and start as we think about video analysis, but let's start with the recreational player who wants to get better. I mean, what do they even need in terms of a setup to be able to, you know, create some video of their own game or their own practice session? Lynn, it can be as simple as their own iPhone or their Samsung. They can get a simple clawed uh, tripod, put their phone up to it, face the camera to the court and press record. Games average between nine to 14 minutes. And they could literally, during their break, watch that last nine minutes worth of game before they get their paddles up from the queue into the next to get their next court. So they could see maybe more positioning if they're working with a partner, maybe are they working together? Are they moving together? Did they make the right choices? Were they being more cautious when they were siding out as opposed to when they were serving? Things like that, that could be depending on their level, of course, but it can be very simple. It can also be very extensive where you could have hire somebody like Steve Taylor to come videotape your tournament. And he could break down the film for you. It could be all of your serves from the right side to see what you did serving and third shot drops from the right side only. So it could be very specific or it can be very general. Now, in in talking about something like that, did you actually look at the video yourself and kind of create your own statistics so you could see what you were having success with and what you needed to work on? Yeah. Yes. Volleyball is very similar to, well, not as detailed as baseball, but it is similar to baseball in a sense that as a coach, we relied a lot on statistics. The volleyball game is obviously broken down into six rotations. You have your siding out and you have your scoring, which we're not inside out volleyball anymore, but that's what we still call it. You have every contact can be recorded and it's outcome written down. So in terms of volleyball, we very much kept statistics. So One of the things that I was trying to come up with was a stat page for a pickleball match. 
And it includes everything from the serve, what type of serve it was, to the to the opponents, what their contacts were like, and how each outcome, how each point, what its outcome was. It's challenging in pickleball because the game is so fluid and there are so many things that can happen. I mean, you just take a third shot alone. It could be a drive. It could be a drop. It could be kind of something in between, a drive drop, or it could be a lob, a third shot lob. So you just think of the four or five options that can happen just on the third shot alone. And that's a lot of statistic keeping. So I, I did find and create my own grid, especially when I was playing with Scott Burr, because we played probably three or four years worth of tournaments together. And I was always looking for an edge and a way to squeeze out a couple of points in each game to make us better. That, that was probably the difference in each match was a couple of points. And we would video analyze and take stats and decide it was much better for me to be dropping from left to right or right to left. And so Scott could poach or we were always trying to come up with scenarios that would make us one point better per game. Now, in that case, you were talking about doing an analysis of what you're doing. How much are you looking at what your opponents are doing? Now I have a, for myself personally, I have a list in my phone and it has each one of the senior pros that I play often against their tendencies. I know that no mystery here that Stephanie Lane likes to lob. So, I mean, that's the first thing written under Stephanie Lane's name is she likes to lob. And so you keep a list of tendencies that those players uh, have in their arsenal. And everybody has tendencies. And we know this from volleyball, Lynn, but if you're a right side hitter and you're a goofy footed, we have a goofy footed approach, you're very often going to hit toward the left side of the court because just because the mechanics of your feet. So those are the kind of things that I kind of categorize and have written down on players. I didn't really keep stats on opponents, but more so tendencies. Now, are those tendencies that you would note just from playing them or was it as a result of watching video from the matches? Both, actually. I would write things down after matches playing against them, but very often in preparation for tournaments, I would watch whatever I could find on YouTube because I was still very much learning the game and didn't know some of the players from the East Coast, maybe. And so I would try to find matches on players and then write some things down that I would watch. But yeah, I, I was always watching video early my first three or four years. Now, how long does it typically take to analyze a match? Well, there'd be some stopping and starting, and then I would rewind a little bit to see why maybe a player did a certain shot. Was it because of a short return or was it um, just they were picking on a weaker player? You're always trying to kind of get in the head of the opponent to figure out why that's what their their shot choice was. So some of it's a little bit of guesswork and some of it's detective work too. If, if you watch enough of Ben John's play, if he gets a mid-range shot with his left hip, he's probably going to flick that with his backhand down the line at the girl. I mean, you just kind of know that's going to happen. You've seen it happen a lot on video. So it's really about kind of categorizing and then keeping those things in the forefront of your mind as you're about to go in and play that opponent. Now, in thinking about players of different levels, when does it start to make sense to do video analysis? And should you be doing it if you're not playing in tournaments? Well, 
Lynn, people play the game for a variety of different reasons. I, I know I have players at my country club that they don't want to learn anything new about pickleball. They want to just drive every ball from the baseline and wherever the ball is, they're just going to keep doing their one shot that they're good at. And then you have players that are recreational, 3-0 players that want to get better. They want to improve their game. They might want to achieve 3-5, but maybe not play a tournament. But I think video relates to anybody that wants to learn. So you kind of have to want to be a learner to really take video of yourself. Because I've also found, uh, this is uh, interesting, when I was coaching the women at UCLA, we would show them video analysis of themselves. Maybe it was match play. Maybe we were trying to break down technique of a, an arm swing or an approach for a certain type of set. And the first thing several of them would notice was how they looked on, not the actual skill that we were trying to break down, but how they looked. And so some people are not comfortable at looking at themselves on video. And it takes a while for, for that player or that personality type to kind of get over looking at themselves and then start to really be critical about the swing or the approach or the dink stroke that you're trying to improve on. And so it really is about how much you want to learn, I think. Well, good point. And I'm a lifelong learner, but I do have to admit, <laughs> I need to pull out that video camera. It, it will really help you, Lynn. I, I think, and I think you'll enjoy it too. If you really get into it and watch matches, not only that you win, but the matches that you lose, those are the ones that are really important to watch and you can see why. All right. Well, I appreciate your tips here on the video analysis. This is definitely something I have not yet really gone into depth on the podcast on. So thank you so much for your insights. I really appreciate you being on today, Kim. Oh, you're very welcome, Lynn. And I love your podcast and look forward to the magazine. Thank you, Kim. Thank you for listening to the Pickleball Fire podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to give it a five-star review on Apple iTunes.